Hey, everybody, and welcome to Spicy Salted Chocolate, the podcast. Today, we have Chief with us, Chief, also known as Chris Webb. Um, he is currently wearing his big black headphones and yep, you got me, your host, Lils with the money sign. Uh, next up we have Xtina with a Nike headband. She's <laughs> the coolest. And then we have Momo. She's just, <laughs> she's our cute little bun. Today on the site, guys. This podcast. I would different nickname. So... I always think it's funny that I am allowed to host, um, but here we are. Why um, is it funny you're allowed to host? Just cause I just think it's funny. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought it'd be really fun to play a little hot round of would you rather. That spicy round? Oh, that's better. Sorry. <laughs> Ignore everything I just said so we can be more on brand. I thought it'd be a little <laughs> fun to have a spicy round. <laughs> would you rather? Mm-hmm. So, um, would you guys rather get, where would you rather get stuck for five hours? In a broken elevator or in a broken ski lift? Elevator. Elevator. Actually, wait, no. How high is the ski lift uh, yeah. off the ground? <laughs> high. Yeah. It's high. It's right in the middle. And it's at least a sunny day, but it's right in the middle. And it's what pretty high up. am I stuck up. with? Do I get to choose who I'm stuck with? You're stuck with a stranger. Because you Dyer both got drug. on a ski lift. This is pre-corona. You guys both got on the ski lift <laughs> to, you know, go to the next stop. Guy and- or girl? Or do we get to choose? No, you don't get to choose. It's just a stranger. It's just, just a random stranger. Okay. Just choose one. Don't it's hot. Just think this. It's hot round because <laughs> it's fast. Oh, I thought it was spicy, but my bad. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, the elevator, because it'd be cold outside. And I don't like to be cold. Okay. I would rather be on a ski lift. Um, mm. Would you rather swim in the sea with a hungry shark or walk in the jungle with a hungry lion? Jungle. There are lions in the jungle? So jungle. jungle. There are lions in the jungle. There's no lions in the jungle. There's lions no, in the my savannah. Friend, no, my friend told me there is a jungle in Uganda that has tree climbing lions. She oh, was wow. there. Is that the jungle we're in or are we in Christopher's jungle? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm still picking the jungle. I'm still picking the jungle. I was picking the jungle. I think I'd rather be in the ocean with a hungry yeah. shark. They're not first, we have to, do you, first of all, you have to actually you. swim in the sea. So you're focused on swimming, dead, dead not sea. trying not to drown, and there's uh-huh. a hungry shark. Versus the jungle, you can at least, you know, adapt more easily. Maybe. Maybe I'll <laughs> go with the lion. All right, would you rather cross a river with piranhas or with crocodiles? Piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like, why would I cross the river? This is like, why did the chicken cross the river sort of question? Like, why did Christopher cross the river? He didn't because there was crocodiles and piranhas in it. He crocodiles, in it. I think, is what I, I think would I'm leaning crocodiles. What if you needed to well. rescue someone on the other side That must be the reason then. So which one are you crossing? The crocodile river? I think I'm doing the crocodiles. Really? Uh, but it might take a few hours to get across. But I think I'm leaning crocodiles. Hmm. Interesting. Christina? I said crocodiles as well. Oh, yeah. I do do crocodiles. I'm surprised you do piranhas, Maria. You're dead if... I feel like I could avoid that. No. No. I feel like I'd go on, like, stepping stones or something. <clears throat> they eat really fast. Wait, what? I'd choose the crocodiles. At least I'd get some time to struggle. Interesting. I've had bad things with crocodiles and stuff, so that's pretty like triggered. Hmm. Well, the last one, or maybe it's the second to last. Would you rather, without any equipment, cross over Niagara Falls on a rope any way you want, or swim under a thirty-meter-long rock? With any equipment. What? Without any equipment. Without any equipment. Hmm. 
which means that I'm just like strong. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna do Niagara Falls because I'm just gonna have to just crawl. You know, just hang your legs over and shimmy across. Might take you a couple hours. At least you can rest. Hang your legs over and shimmy across. Like you just like you now, know like, hanging on. You're hanging from the rope. You know, you just oh yeah. What's the second one? We're doing what? Swimming under a 30 meter long rock. 30 meters, 90 feet. Swimming under. It, I have to hold my breath to do that. And I, I don't know if, where my breath is. Is there space is right between now. the rock and the water? Uh, there has to be. How, how could there not be? Swim you go in, in one hole. It's like a straw, but it's a rock. And you just. Basically, I you guess... have to swim underwater for 30 meters, basically. Oh, I don't think I can hold my breath that long, so I guess I'll have to pick Niagara Falls. Really? Mm. 90 you feet? It. You could do it. In swim team, we would have to do 50 meters, and I could really? we didn't. We didn't do swim team. We played <laughs> no. sports where we got to breathe. <laughs> I, we played dry land sports. My parents put me in swim team. I would have liked to if I was a better swimmer at that point in my life. All right, last question. Would you rather, oh, I guess I never answered the, the last one. I would do Niagara Falls. Um, no, sorry. I would do the swimming. I do. Okay. Would you rather um, talk in front of 100,000 people or 50 people? 100,000. Sure. There's really no difference. Fifty or a hundred thousand? Fifty. Go on and entertain fifty or a hundred thousand people. You know, why not bring happiness to a hundred thousand? <laughs> Amen. Exactly. I'd rather do a hundred thousand too. Fifty scares me. Fifty's like you have to walk in the same room. Reactions if it's only fifty. Yeah, you can be seen. Fifty of your best friends. I didn't say best friends. Okay, fine. Whatever. Fifty. <laughs> thousand of your best friends. <laughs> But I mean, that's like a flip of coin. It doesn't really matter. I don't really have a preference. But you have to choose one, so. I know I said 100,000, but it's like. <laughs> yeah. Do how you don't. It depends on the person, though. There's people that are like, oh my gosh, I'd way rather do little crowds. And then there's people that are mm. like, no, I'd way rather do bigger crowds. Way rather. Yeah. But where could you Much be on rather. the earth where you'd be talking to 100,000 people at the same time live? Oh, plenty. Um, and it's not in the United States usually. It's like in other countries, but um, there was a crusade in Pakistan. I think it was like three hundred thousand people. Wow! And the the football stadium at Ohio State can hold eighty two thousand. So yeah, you just put some people on the field. Wow! Also, with times like these, you can live stream to a hundred thousand easily. Oh well, if it's live streamed. Still a hundred thousand. I can pretend. It's just like be like I'm not even talking to anybody. But that's not how some people feel, <laughs> I guess. You know, they get feel like, oh my gosh, the pressure of even one person watching me that I can't see is just a lot. Hmm. So, all that to say, today's topic is about fear. I thought it'd be fun to kind of loosen the gears by starting with of <laughs> talking about lighthearted fears kind of like the hanging and crossing rivers and stuff mm, um but when it comes to fear has it stopped you in terms of career slash dream and or living choices before and if so in what ways mm. Mm. And I think I really I picked this these two questions to start with because it's definitely something I've struggled with, and I know that there's a lot of other people that have struggled with the same thing. And I think a lot of times our society tells us graduate high school, go to college, and get a job in your field anywhere. Um, and <clears throat> but sometimes that can be really scary. And also it's kind of like, well, do I even want to move or do I even want to, you know, do I want to stay or do I want to go? And sometimes the door opens 
somewhere else, but it's really scary because it's like, well, but my family's here and my best friends are here and I have my life here and I would have to start all over. And I felt like, um, all three of us have had different situations where we moved or had different career opportunities come up or dreams, um, come to life or die. And I felt like we could, um, generally speak into this area of life. So I don't know if anybody wants to start, you want me to start or you guys let me know. Hmm. It's like where to start is the question. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, Maria, did you want to go? No, I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm still processing. I can speak, so it's like career, dreams, life choices. So I guess for me, I would say yes to the question I have allowed fear to prevent me from doing things but I can't say career-wise necessarily mm -hmm. um like I feel like up to this point in my life I've really only had one door like it's been pretty like um easy for me to decide what the next move is career-wise mm -hmm. I haven't had to really choose between too many things it's mm -hmm. usually been pretty obvious like oh okay this is what's next um up uh, to this point I think maybe in the future well, I think definitely in the future that'll change and I'll have to be a little bit more bold about some choices but for now um that's I can't say I've let fear prevent me from doing anything career-wise dreams-wise um yep and um life-wise also yes um I think I have a lot of passions and dreams that I would love to do and explore, but I have a severe fear of man in a lot of ways, and I'm a people pleaser, and I'm also a perfectionist in a lot of ways. So yeah. all those things together is mm -hmm. very paralyzing mm. in a lot of ways um, when most of the things that I want to do would be putting myself out there in a lot of ways. And if I have, you know, if I am a perfectionist, I want to do it well and I want to present myself in the best way possible that's accurate to who I think I am and I want to put out a good product and um, be able to speak into people's lives in a way that um, best would build them up. Then often I'm, I'm a chronic overthinker and so I'm overthinking things to the point where I don't actually act upon what I feel like the Lord's asked me to do. Um, so that's something I'm feeling more freedom in, um, oh. in a lot of ways, but it's de there's definitely lingering nervousness about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can think of anything that I felt like I was supposed to do that fear kept me from doing. Um, when I was in college, at the end of my uh, first year, I had the opportunity to go to Arizona for um, not study abroad, because we won't be abroad, but to do a um, archeology span class that, well, to get credit for the class that I think it was my history teacher um, was kind of leading a group of students to go to Arizona, study some archaeology um, out there for at least two weeks, maybe a month. Um, and I think it would have been an intriguing thing to do. I probably would have learned a lot. Um, but at that point, I'd never been on a plane um, or past Louisiana or out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I didn't like even though I thought the idea was interesting I didn't have a whole lot of motivation to step out and try something that radically different and then be with people I didn't really know for a month um and I know some people that would have been like a no-brainer yeah obviously you do that um so but outside of that you know in terms of life like there have been a lot of things that scared me but I still did them anyway um but uh, so I can't necessarily think of 
fear keeping me from doing something. I think it's more fear keeping me from having peace with what I was doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it's sometimes it's hard to know, like, yeah, you might be afraid of something, but it also might be wise not to say what you want to say at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and so how do you navigate the fact that you have the wisdom to know you shouldn't say something, but you also have the fear that keeps you from saying it if you need to say it. Um, so um, it can be a tricky thing to know which one is is doing the influencing. Um, yeah. But I think for me personally, fear often isn't something that would keep me from doing something. It'd be more, I would need to stop fear from making me do something I shouldn't do. I think is probably more how it would work in my life. Yeah. I think there was a time, when was it? Not last summer. <clears throat> the summer before, so 2018, the summer before my last year of college. So it's kind of like, <laughs> so funny. This, I called it the summer, my last free summer, which is <laughs> ironic because last summer I didn't have a job. So I was pretty much free the whole summer. And then this summer, COVID. So <laughs> um, post-grad, I'm now experiencing two summers of freedom, which is great. Um, but then I, back then I was thinking of, I have like four different options for what I could do. Maybe five. One was doing an internship in LA that was like this really cool internship. I got accepted and I was just like, freaking out that I had even been considered. Um, I had a stable job in Florida that I could go to and work like overtime and like really rack it up that summer and then make really good connections for future jobs. Um, I could go to a camp in Atlanta and do music with like teaching, leading worship and doing music with um, kids. And then or I could stay home and, um, and I had lived away from my family for two years at this point. I hadn't really seen a lot of them in two years. And, um, I knew that I had that time. I knew that my parents were moving or considering it at least to California. Um, and I didn't know when the last time all five of us would get to live together would be, although my brother ended up moving out, but that's a long story. Um, but anyways, I had these really four really great options that I was just like really considering. And so I went to somebody that told me, don't go back to your, you know, somebody that I could, I thought I could really trust. Um, or like go to for like guidance and wisdom. And the person just kind of was like, don't go home for the summer because you're going to waste these other opportunities to make connections and um, do this. And they especially were like, do the LA internship. And, um, that I just wasn't psyched about it. Like I thought it was really cool. And I knew for sure, like if I go to LA, there's no way I'm not going to end up in LA after college. Cause I'm going to make great connections. And I know that it's going to be easy for me to do more music stuff in LA. Um, hmm. but LA just didn't draw my interest as a city. Like I didn't want to live there. Um, and then the whole thing, like with music at that time, I wasn't really interested in working with kids. And I also didn't want to work a boring desk job. Um, the kind of what you were saying earlier, Chris, I was like almost attributing fear as like the reason that I wasn't picking. Cause I was like, well, am I not going to California just because I'm afraid? Um, mm. And so it was, I ended up choosing going home for the summer because I really just wanted to spend time with my, cause at that time I thought I was going to be living in Florida for a few years after I graduated or mm. LA or New York or whatever. And so I just kind of thought some of my last summer at home um, <laughs> and with my friends. And so I kind of like want to have a nice fun summer, but it was almost like the beginning. It was really hard because I was like, man, did I just make this decision out of fear? Mm. Cause I didn't think I was good enough or whatever. Um, and so I think a lot of times it's, it's, that wasn't the first time that had happened to me where like I had great options and I was like really, sure about which one to pick and so I was just like trying to convince myself that I wasn't afraid but when I really wasn't afraid I just I knew what I wanted to 
do. Mm-hmm. But because other people in my life were giving me advice, which is not wrong, like to go to people you can trust and process through things with them. Um, but it was really hard because I was like, man, am I like super scared? And now I can see the wisdom in the decision I made two years ago, even though I didn't even know I'd be mm-hmm. back in Charlottesville and um, keeping fostering those connections and relationships was really beneficial to where I'm at now. Um, but I think a lot of times it's really easy to make these like hesitate on making decisions because we like think that we're so afraid um, mm-hmm. because that's what society tells us and people tell us. And um, I don't know. I think it's good to t- be slow on some decisions sometimes and everything doesn't have to be so quick. I'm like, Oh, I graduated. So I have to know what I'm doing as soon as I graduate. Like it's okay. Right. Time sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then if there's an opportunity and you feel like really pumped about it, I think just working past mm. that fear of like, you know, I don't know. I feel sometimes you have to work past fear, but it's mm-hmm. such a fear is such a big topic that could go so many places. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of it stopping you from doing like a career move or a dream thing, like it can be tricky and walking mm-hmm. through can be really difficult. Yeah. I think to kind of go with what you're talking about, Lily, fear can also cause you to be discontent with where you are though. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think with, you know, people of our generation, there is kind of this pressure to pursue opportunities, to pursue connections. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's kind of like, well, why not? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And there isn't a lot of, there isn't a big perspective of like, well, run it by God and see what he says, you know? Um, and there you can, if you're doing something that's small or something that's hidden, it's easy to feel like it's insignificant and that you mm-hmm. should be more of a go-getter. Yeah. Um, and I think that can kind of be the reverse pressure of what we're talking about, where you begin to second guess what you did choose. You feel like maybe I should have taken more of a risk. Yeah. Um, I as opposed FOMO. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. FOMO for our listeners means fear of missing out. <laughs> for those of you who did not know. And we did not want you to miss out on the knowledge of what FOMO meant. <laughs> Um, but I think it's important to, it's not about taking risks or not taking risks. It's about being obedient to whatever you feel like the Lord is leading you to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think so often, you know, we can get caught up in thinking about being an adult the way the world does, which is, Mm -hmm. this is the time in your life where you have no responsibilities or fewer responsibilities. I go out and try everything. It's like, I understand the perspective, but it's a perspective that you're not allowing God into the picture. Maybe he leads you into something because you have fewer responsibilities. Um, But we have to submit ourselves to him and know that he knows best. Um, And maybe, yeah, he does give you a choice. And one thing is a little bit more riskier than the other. And then you really have to kind of navigate while you're choosing the quote unquote safer one because you're afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't think that just because you don't want to do, you don't want to travel halfway across the country. It means that fear is the only reason. Yeah. Sure. It's such a, FOMO is such a tricky thing <clears throat> because I do believe that as just people, we have that inherent, um, we have an anxiety that can actually help us. You know, anxiety is just a trick. Like it's just like a sign, right? Mm that you're, that you care about something. And it's also sometimes a warning of like, don't do this, don't do this, or yes, do this. Um, So it's, I don't think anxiety is always a bad thing. I think it's just like a natural response to different situations. Some, can anxiety be bad? Yes. Can anxiety be like blow things out of proportion, of course. But I think sometimes it's just really interesting how fear works, right? Because sometimes, I don't know. It's like that. I feel like sometimes doing things afraid is a great thing. And like, it almost pushes you to do something. Does that make sense? Has that ever happened to you where it's like you just, it was almost like a little confidence booster of like, man, because I'm so afraid of this thing, I think I just need to do it. Has that ever happened? Yeah. I think I started to like, 
um, kind of do that purposely, like anytime I'm afraid. Obviously, if it's all like moral, whatever. <laughs> anytime I'm afraid, <laughs> like not dumb. Anytime I'm afraid, and it's like just because of whether it's like new or just um, kind of getting me out of the usual boxes, whatever. I like purposely do it just because I'm afraid. Which I think has been a good exercise um, to just like, I guess got into the discipline of responding to fear in like courageous action, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I think it can definitely be paralyzing and like with this topic and like this question specifically, I feel like kind of fear and regret go hand in hand. And I think a lot of times I didn't realize I was afraid until I regretted something I didn't do. Mm. And I was like, oh, I didn't do it because I was afraid. And now I feel like it was, or it could have been the wrong decision because I did something based out of fear, not out of love. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, it can be a challenge when you're trying to confront something that's an emotion because it's really it's not really founded like the emotion of fear itself is nothing like it's actually yeah. does not change your life it only affects your response to life yeah physical yeah. right it's just this capacity of part of being human and I think as a result of the fall. So I don't know where I was going with that. Hmm. That's good. I think in terms of the way you talked about moving towards things that you're afraid of mm -hmm. um, and feeling like a sense of like confidence after that. Um, I think it kind of depends on the thing and it depends on the fear. Yep. Like I think there's sometimes you can be afraid of something, move towards it, and you're still afraid, just as afraid at the end of it as you were at the beginning. <laughs> Um, and so, um, but I think there are definitely things, um, like I think about, you know, public speaking, mm -hmm. one of those things that, you know, the more you do it and kind of mm -hmm. face that fear, if you don't fail, <laughs> like, it, you know, and not that failure is the end, but like, if yeah. you're afraid of public speaking and you just mess up, it's only going to reinforce the fear, even if you stepped out. Yeah, you have to have some sort yeah. of context where you're in a position to succeed um, at the thing you're afraid of. Um, yes, but but why do we always look at failure, quote unquote failure, right? Like when we mess up, we make a mistake. Why do we always look at it as such a bad thing? Like if you were to mess up in public speaking and somebody laughs at you or mm -hmm. you don't get the reaction that you want or you're just like even more afraid – Part of me, like, is, you know, I understand that it's definitely insecurity and it sucks. I've been through that. But mm -hmm. also part of me wonders how much of it is reinforced by our culture. Because mm -hmm. there are people whose parents teach them, like, no, it's great that you fell. Because yeah. now you know how not to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, taking intentional steps of doing things that, that you're afraid of doing sometimes, like public speaking, for example. So that you, and if you mess up, that's great. Because now you know a new way of, of not speaking that way in public. And I feel like it, it's like a paradigm shift. You have to be intentional about taking steps towards correcting your thought process when it comes to failure and success. Mm -hmm. Like the, um, I love what the, the founder of Spanx, she um, just talked about how her dad would talk to her and her brother at the dinner table and would be like, what did you guys fail at today? Because, and if they didn't have anything, like they would have to do some extra chore or something like that. Because if they failed at something, that meant they tried something new. Mm. And I love that like reframing and reworking of like, sometimes we're so afraid of things because we're so afraid of messing up and how we're going to look in front of our friends and even strangers. And um, it's like the most paral like paralyzing thing. Like I remember we were going to do a higher ropes course in college for my classes. And I was just so afraid of looking stupid. Like that, that was the thing I was most afraid of. 
because I didn't think I was strong enough or that my body wasn't capable of like making it across or that I was going to fall and things like that. But like when I realized how much my classmates actually cared about making sure I was okay and everybody was okay and like how much like other people felt nobody laughed and everybody was helpful. Mm -hmm. Like that's when I started realizing like, Oh my gosh, like people don't actually care as much as I thought they did. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to complete a high ropes course, which I was really also a little afraid of because it's so high up and the ropes are so thin. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's great. Like, I think it's crazy how many times, because I'd been, I'd been to one before, but I was just so afraid of how I would look and being embarrassed that I didn't, Mm -hmm couldn't even make it up Mm. you know but yeah Hmm. I think it's the um for me it's it's never really been fear surrounding like physical like things so like sports I would get nervous but I think I was more excited about Mm -hmm. whatever I was doing that it kind of like took over being afraid and I was I think more afraid of like losing <laughs> so that spurred me um forward past the fear um or I was afraid of like letting my own expectations down but if it's something where it's more about like me personally and vulnerability and more emotionally um I guess influenced I think it speaks more to like it kind of triggers me into knowing this is an insecurity I have mm-hmm. or like for example um I like last year in ministry school there was like opportunities um to preach or there's opportunities to um just kind of step outside of your comfort zone in a way that a lot of people are more outgoing an extrovert and I like love those moments where it's like you know what I'm just gonna see what happens and then um for me that was more terrifying because it was that it wasn't necessarily the public speaking I don't think public speaking actually bothers me so much as like I want what I say to have impact and I want it to actually um influence someone so I am critical of what I'm writing or how am I, how am I conveying it? And so I want it to be, you know, accurately presented. Um, and I think that's what holds me back more than the idea of like people looking at me because, you know, all that kind of stuff. And even worse, if it's like improvised, like if I write it down, then I'm like, Oh, great. Okay. You know, I've got everything. I can edit it and all that stuff. But like, it's like, oh, come on up here. Let's see what, you know, what's the Lord been speaking to you? Then I'm like, oh, gosh, you know. Um, so I think if it's putting me in a vulnerable position to not fail other people, but fail my own expectations or fail my perception of how well I think I could do, that's where I've let fear more get in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's so interesting. Like, in terms of, I think, being in uncomfortable situations, like, especially in public speaking, like, my, or just, like, leading something, my default is to prepare as little as possible. Because I feel like anything that I prepare is going to be fake, or me trying to be this projected idea of what proper public speaking or something looks like, versus just, like, flowing out of me because then I'd constantly be questioning and overthinking everything that I did or it's like oh it's not I forgot this part of my notes or something like that or whatever versus just like I'm gonna say whatever comes out when when I'm up there and just make that work um but like I definitely think I agree in terms of like the more vulnerable um or exposing situations um like, I love music, I love playing music, and I love writing music, but I ne- never performed anywhere. Um, I guess I did once, technically. But it's like, that idea of going out in public and sharing that part 
I think some part is the perfectionist and feeling like I could be so much better or just like people not getting it or connecting with the sound or things like that. But mm. even like thing is like also I don't have any problem sharing poetry or any of the things that I write, but it's like, I don't know, music. It's something you think you're good at. Yeah, I know. Like, at least like I'm good enough at though that probably came with the process of sharing it and realizing people actually thought it was good um but i feel like music is like a whole nother hurdle that i'm not even willing to like process at this point um wow. i think it has stopped me from like pursuing opportunities or like i don't even look for opportunities mm. like unless someone asks me to do something and then it's like oh yeah i'll support you whatever yeah um, but like I never want to be the center of that. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of goes back to like even being in high school and like not wanting to go to college because I didn't think I would be good at it because I wasn't good at high school. <laughs> so it's like, why would I put myself in the position to fail and <laughs> just like and then be sad? Um, and like kind of to answer the first question I think for me my thing was avoidance constantly of just challenges and so like I didn't go to college I just interned and that was kind of its own like finding myself and like discovering different parts but I never it was always an environment where I felt secure and like I had just interviewed and I just felt comfortable so I was like okay I feel like I can do this and then when I decided I was going to go to college, I did apply to a school and they didn't let me in. And so, but I also was like, I knew so deeply in terms of like what Christopher was talking about with obedience. I knew I was supposed to go to college. So I was like, well, then I'm just going to go to where I can go, which is community college. Um, and I think in that process of doing that, I had to learn how to fight like a lot of shame and yeah. regret. And like feeling like if I had, been more motivated in high school I could have been at the school that I really wanted to be studying music and becoming a future um just what did I want to do oh yeah film um music what is that word <gasps> Compose composer that's what I wanted to do I forgot and so I applied into the program the music program and I didn't get in but still even though I didn't get to do that, throughout my time in the four years I would have been in college, I still had opportunities. God gave me opportunities to mm. work under a professional music composer. And he like told me, I remember one time I never forgot, he was like, what you know how to do and the things that you've learned and the skills that you've had, it doesn't matter that you didn't get like a four year degree or even your master's because you have mm -hmm. all the time that you need to go wherever you want. And so mm -hmm. that's extremely encouraging and I think you really need people like that and you're like that's something to kind of look at like do you have those people who can call out things in you when you're confronting what you're afraid of because yeah. like if you don't <laughs> then you're kind of just out there by yourself and obviously there's like God and Holy Spirit but sometimes you just really need another human to look you in the eye and say you can do it and mm -hmm. that's really what spurs you on and I know it spurred me on so yeah Marie, listening to you talk there at the end, it reminded me of when Lily was talking about how you don't have to see failure as a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but the only, well, at least for me, like the, the bent of culture seems to be that failure is that bad thing that you want to avoid. And it really does seem to take another human telling you you don't have to think about it that way. Um, the sooner the better. Um, so that you don't have that mindset so you can have a sort of growth mentality where you view everything as kind of just learning um, but if if you've never had that and you don't have that expectation I think it does um, Kurt Thompson who wrote a book called The Soul of Shame talks about takes embodied actions um, to break the power of shame over our lives mm -hmm. um, whether it's us intentionally moving against it but also people receiving those vulnerable parts of us and people speaking into us to redefine 
what we find shameful or what we think is failure to give us a different interpretation. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is really important that we change the way we talk about things like failure um, to where it's not the end all be all. Um, but I think you kind of have to have that conversation before you start pushing people to do something out of their comfort zone. So you don't traumatize them further. Um, Yeah. Which, which could happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it does go back to like identity and like, if you fail enough times, you begin to see yourself as a failure and that you will fail no matter what. But it's like, how do you process who you really are and because mm-hmm. like what does failure mean like is it not attaining a goal or just not succeeding is it just an antonym of succeed because then i feel like there just needs to be another word <laughs> like when you're called out and doing something especially if it's like new you just you just tried it like I don't know if I would ever like tell my kids like what did you fail at because I don't want negativity to be their focus I don't want Mm. that to be like something that's even an expectation in your head Mm -hmm. like did you try Mm. did you get out of your comfort zone did you ask a challenging question to your friends and things like that and it's like once you get if you do that enough as a young child as a young person when you get to the big things I don't think you feel the same sort of like pressure because I think it also goes to just if you believe in a perfect will of God or not because if you believe in like one will in one way then you're going to fail because you're not always going to hear God but if you believe in grace then God will sustain you throughout whatever decision that you make. Um, mm-hmm. As long as your intentionality is pursuing him and pursuing his heart. Um, yeah, because I think there are a lot of people that just get caught up in trying to figure out like a game of like, what does God want me to do? And sometimes he really doesn't care. Like he actually doesn't care what you do. He just kind of wants you to do something and let him teach you and grow you through that situation or just like, or equal opportunities, like, like option A, awesome. Option, option B, great. Mm-hmm. And don't get, I don't know, caught up in feeling like you're going to take your entire life off course based off of any decision that you make. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. funny. So I was listening to Tom, I was like, I was kind of curious. It's like, I wonder if failure as a word is even in the Bible. Ooh, is it? I just looked it up. It only comes up four times in the ESV um, for the entire Bible. And two of the times, it's like the subheading of a tired. chapter, which not even mentioned. Oh. Tired? No, like, I was thinking of, um, like, sometimes my spirits failed me or something. It's like when someone is explaining how they're mm. just exhausted or at the end of themselves. Right, right. I was wondering if that's maybe one of the contexts. So the only time it's used, so again, this is for the ESV, but it's used in Judges to talk about how the Israelites didn't drive out all of the pagan nations that were in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah 42, the subheading, I guess, is Israel's failure to hear and to see. Um, and then in terms of actually appearing in a verse, um, it, shows it once in Psalm 144, 14, and then once in Romans 11, 12. And that's the only time it's mentioned. Um, so I feel like scripturally, and obviously you could check other translations, but I'm sure it probably doesn't appear much more. Failure really isn't a concept. Disobedience is the big deal in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the interesting thing when you think about that is when you think about obedience versus disobedience, that's never really based on results. It's about faithfulness to obey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about controlling what you can control. And it's really about the long haul more than what happens in any particular moment, although it can show up in moments. Mm-hmm. And so I think our, our modern context of failure um, 
just to kind of reaffirm what Lily was saying, really is a, a very dangerous thing. Um, mm -hmm. And that we really ought to make a, a bigger deal about faithfulness and obedience, um, being faithful mm -hmm. in little things, learning, growing, having that grace understanding of the world um, where you can, quote unquote, fail at something and have actually been obedient. And that's actually mm -hmm. what God is looking at. He's looking at obedient people, not people who always get everything right the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That is really good. There's so much that we can talk about as far as like God's will, perfection. I don't know. There's just so many ways you can go um, with this, but I think you guys have all given really great points and I um, always appreciate it. You know, the vulnerability of sharing some of your guys' stories too. Um, especially on such a public platform. Um, but I do think Wait, people are going to listen to this. <laughs> um, but I think it's so great because there's a scripture that says, oh gosh, I don't want to get it wrong. Hold on a second. In the same way we will comfort others. I think it's like first Corinthians. Ha ha. She found it. <laughs> um so basically it's saying who comforts he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others hmm. when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort god has given us that's second corinthians 1 4 oops i just hit my lamp um i love that because there are times um i remember i went through something really just heartbreaking and this wise woman told me to read the scripture and she was like right now you don't need to worry about comforting others just let god comfort you through what you feel like is such a big failure yeah. and it was a scary time because it had to do with my future and i was just really sad because i felt like a lot of things that i dreamed about and hoped about were just kind of gone um like in an instant almost and i remember going through that time thinking like dang it how am I ever going to be comforted and how am I ever going to use this to comfort others? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was one of those times where like, you just feel like this fear of failure and this fear of like, I really messed up. Maybe I shouldn't have made this decision. Maybe it really wasn't a step of obedience or a step of bettering my life. Um, and I know like so many years later that it, I've now been able to walk other girls through um, similar things. And it's been really great because sometimes we have to, we don't have to, but sometimes we go through things that, you know, are, are our own fears and our own worries and our own discomforts um, that we have to push through. And it, sometimes it doesn't feel fair that you have, like you get to use that to help other people because it's like, dang, why, like, why did I have to be the one to go through it first? Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like when we're thinking about reframing what failure means and why we're, why we have shame associated with messing up, um, which really it's all fear too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to remember that in those same ways that we grow, we can help other people grow too. And so that starts with ourselves. It starts, then it goes to our friends and then one day to our spouses, one day to our children. And hopefully those little places where we start to reframe failure, where we start to reframe success, where we start to reframe fear, um, really like it has, um, is it a raindrop effect? What is that called? A waterfall effect? Trickle effect. Trickle effect. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> it has like one of those effects where, you know, it it starts trickling and it starts mm -hmm. help, like helping so many people and it, it's, a, it's culture changing. And a lot of times you hear people say like, oh, your kid's going to be a world changer or people tell you you're going to be a world changer. And like truly that is how you change the world. It's like one person at a time one paradigm shift at a time mm -hmm. and it's it's honestly really hard but really beautiful when you think about it like how chris even said last night in our bible study like how broken people 
help other broken people. Like that's, I don't know. It's just really been sticking with me in the last 24 hours. Um, but it's, it's really cool. Like a really cool concept. So all that so say, it's ripple effect. I just, what ripple, effect. Ripple, effect. ripple effect. Ripple effect. Okay. But it's also trickle, right? It could be trickling but, ripple effect. <laughs> um, anyways, so when I think about all of this and I think about the ripple effect, I think about little Lily mm. and I always think about little Lily and I'm always like, yeah. I wish I could give little Lily a hug. She was so precious and so sad all the time because she thought she wasn't good enough. So what would you tell Chris just changed his name to Triple Ripple. Oh. <laughs> um, what would you tell little Triple Ripple? What would you tell little Momo? What would you tell little Extina? Mm. I get like for fear um, specifically. About, like, yeah, sorry, yes. About, <laughs> in regards to fear and, and everything that we've just talked about. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't a clear question, sorry. <laughs> uh, the question I have written down is, if you could tell your younger self to not be so afraid of something, what and why? But, you know, it, could, it might, maybe that's too specific, so that's why I said just any, anything of what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. If I could tell little Maria anything about combating fear, I guess. Um, I think I would say let people in what you're afraid of. Voice what and process what's actually making you afraid. Mm -hmm. Don't be ashamed of needing that outside input and support through the trying a difficult new fear bringing thing and like and don't just try to like conquer it all on your own I think is what I would say hmm. that's good that's good um I was just thinking like for me personally, I, I kind of had this revelation of like the preparedness thing for me is this fear of being misunderstood or disappointing others. Mm. And so I think I would tell myself of when I was younger is that if someone misunderstands you, that's not your fault, mm. you know? Um, and I would say, like, those desires and those dreams that you have um, are a God, like, if they're there, like, they've been there from the beginning, you know, um, those are God-breathed things, and so if God put them there, then he's going to bring you to those opportunities, and he's going to be with you through them, no matter how, no matter what the outcome is, so there really is nothing to be afraid of, because it's something literally he put inside of me um and that's kind of what I tell myself now is like if if God's given me this opportunity if he's given me this um desire then he has a plan for how I can execute it or you know um whatever so that's what I would tell myself is to not be afraid of stepping out for fear of being misunderstood or disappointing others but just doing it because it's something that literally God wants me to do and his opinion is really the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I'd have to go back in time and give him a book. Um, <laughs> hey, John Eldridge. <laughs> I'd, I'd write him a book. I'd write him a book. Oh, well. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably sit him down and be like, all right, listen up, little buckaroo. Um, you're going to mess up a whole lot but it's all going to be okay at the end. Um, and that everyone messes up a whole lot. Um, and it's okay 
Um, I think I probably would just like give him a list of people that it would have been okay to tell things to at different points in his life. That's probably the, <laughs> the most helpful thing I could do. Yeah. It's like, you know, from these ages, you actually could have talked to your parents about these things. You know, from these ages, mm. you could have reached out to this person. At these ages, you could have been more honest with these people. Um, mm. You wouldn't have been rejected like you thought you would have. Um, mm. That's probably what I would do. Hmm. I see a common theme between Maria and, sorry, Momo and Triple Ripple. And I feel like there's a common theme between Xtina's and my own um, of just not, don't be so afraid of what other people think of you and think of your dreams. And mm -hmm. it's okay to be discouraged, but it's not okay to make decisions based off of being discouraged um, you know and uh -huh. it's, uh, you're gonna walk through a few uh, interesting piles made of bones and stuff um, <laughs> <laughs> what did i call it who was there maria were you there no it was Haley rig i was there when somebody asked a question in this group and they were like what would you call this season of life and I was like, the one where you uh, add manure to the garden. <laughs> um, nice. Anyways. Fertilizer. Tangent. Yeah. But manure sounded better. Um, it's a sophisticated word. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. Just like not being so afraid of like what people are going to think of you and what you're doing um mm -hmm. and you're like so much stronger than you think you are um mm, physically yes. mentally spiritually even your spirit knows some things uh, you know it's yes. heard some truths and that's sometimes what keeps me walking through certain seasons is i'm like just gotta walk through this and even if my head and heart don't get there right now, I know my spirit knows. Mm. I think when we're dealing with fear, sometimes your head and your heart don't match. And sometimes they're not there like at all. Uh. You just kind of got to push through it. It's okay if it's dark, you know, uh. I could keep going, but when your soul's <laughs> a mess. You got to know your spirit's still a G. Oh. Still a G. What does that mean? <laughs> you have to ask. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys. You guys have any last thoughts? I, again, if you have any questions, please DM us. Um, any thoughts, DM us, email us. Chris, our email is? Spicy salted chocolate at gmail.com. No one's emailed us in a long time. It's very lonely <laughs> to keep checking and never get anything. <laughs> guys, at least just write an email to Chris and say hi. Exactly, because I'm the only one who checks it. Yeah. Well, we also took like a three-week break, so. <laughs> two weeks, two It doesn't weeks. matter. We know no one's, there's only like three people who are completely caught up. Everyone's behind. Finish all those past episodes you haven't listened to yet. Gosh, come on now. Hey. You can spend all this time making this. You can at least do us the dignity of hearing us for the whole hour. <laughs> I don't know if this is what we want from our story. <laughs> The audience needs so to be challenged. So he needed to sometimes. get that out. Just he needed to just say it. Well, I mean, I'm I was watching The Last of the Prairie today, and Laura Ingalls a little feisty, and sometimes I'm just like, yeah. Oh gosh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we do. I will say we have 216 total plays over all our episodes. Sweet. Leon is a big fan. Liana, shout out. Shout she's, out probably, she's probably again. our biggest fan. So shout out to Liana, probably number one. Literally right quoted now. part of our podcast to me. I was like, this is Liana. Who quoted? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyways, you guys. When we make her when we make t-shirts, we'll send her the first one. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, apparently our most popular podcast is Island Desserts. The one, I mean, it has fifty-seven plays on it. That makes sense. The one is, you know, a big. Lots of salt. Y'all, we gotta share. That's assault. Lots of salt. Lots of space. Oh, assault! Assault! Not I got gotcha. you. Lots of salt. Lots of salt. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you guys and our 78% female population. Where do dudes be at? 20% male and 2% non-specified. It's fine. Oh, it's okay. One in five is not bad. It's not bad. All right, you guys. Have a good rest of your week. Um, Or I guess start to your week because you're listening to this hopefully on a Sunday as soon as it comes out at midnight. Mm. Um. This is until next time. Watch out for the sticky wickets. ETFN. Ta-ta for now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>